Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today we're talking about Dijkstra's algorithm. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but Dijkstra sounds like something you'll use to hurt me with. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like I'm going to cut you with my Dijkstra. Do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't it sound like really aggressive? Yeah, it's like, I'm armed and dangerous. I brought my Dijkstra on this adventure. Yes! Yes! Yeah, like, I would want it maybe in a forest, mm-hmm. but, like, not to work. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's too aggressive. <laughs> but it's a very popular algorithm. It is super, super popular, also a little intimidating, maybe because of how it sounds. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what we use it for. What do we use Dijkstra's algorithm for? So Dijkstra's algorithm is what we can use to help determine the shortest path from one node in a graph to pretty much every other node. And mm-hmm. that can be really helpful if you're trying to figure out how to get from one place to another, but not just like... Like a map? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, like a mm-hmm. map, which I guess graphs are just maps, really. The nice thing, though, is that you don't just have to find a path through the graph from point A to point B. You're finding the shortest path through the graph Ooh. from point A to point B. That sounds really useful. It's pretty cool. It basically is an algorithm that runs until every single vertex in the graph has been visited. And what I really like about it is it does some fancy stuff where it, like, It's basically like caching. It basically, Hmm. as it runs through the graph, it keeps like a log or like a little cache of like, oh, right now, the shortest path to this place is through these set of nodes. And if you ask it at any point, what's the shortest path from point A to point B, it'll tell you. And the cool thing is it sort of just updates this cache of which nodes lead to where and which path is the shortest as you run the algorithm. So what's cool Mm -hmm. about Dijkstra's algorithm is that once you run it, you can kind of just use the results of it and you don't have to run it again unless your graph changes. 
So if we want to run Dijkstra's algorithm, where do we begin? This is a great question. So we have to begin at the beginning. Specifically, we need to talk about a specific concept that we haven't really gone into in this podcast. Mm -hmm. We've talked about different types of graphs, directed, undirected, directed and acyclic and cyclic. But something we haven't really gone into is weighted graphs. And you really need to know what weighted graphs are in order to talk about Dijkstra's algorithm. Because in order to find the shortest path or the most efficient path, you care about the weight of getting from one node to another. And the weight is associated with the edge that connects two nodes. Okay. So if I have a very simple graph, ABC, right, Mm -hmm. triangle connected to each other, and I'm trying to go from A to B, you're saying that the edge connecting A to B would have a weight. Yes. And the weight of that edge, it represents like the cost to get between A and B, or like you can also think of it as like the distance between A and B, or Mm. the capacity of what can be transported between A and B. And this sort of ties Mm. into what you said earlier, which is that graphs are maps. So like if you think about a map where A, B, and C are locations, maybe to get from A to B like is a short distance, or maybe it's a far distance. And the way that you could represent that is by adding a weight to the edge that connects node A Mm. and node B. And that weight could represent the distance between it. And you have to care about that because you could have an edge between two nodes, but like, what is the weight? You might want to know. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like the way you're talking about it, it sounds like we want less weight. Like the lower the weight, the cheaper it would be to get to a node. Yeah, that's right. right? The less the weight, the less the cost, the less the distance between two nodes. And To tie it back into Dijkstra's algorithm, if you're looking for the shortest path between two Mm -hmm. nodes, you care about choosing the path or choosing an edge to take that has less weight than another one that will get you to the same place. So to Mm -hmm. that end, Mm -hmm. the shortest path should theoretically take you down all the edges that will be less in weight than other ones. Cheapest to get to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going back to our example, ABC, right? Got my three nodes, got my triangle. Let's say to get from A to B, it cost five. So like a weight of five. A to C is a weight of two. C to B is a weight of one. Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to get from A to B without any of these weights, I would say just use the edge from A to B, right? Mm -hmm. Like what what are you going to do? Like go through C to get to B? That's just... (laughs) That's just nonsense. It's obvious, right? Just literally just go to A. You just go there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But with the weights, it ends up being a little bit different. Yeah, you're right. With the weights, when you're taking those into consideration, now you sort of have to like stop and think for a second because A to B is sort of like a nonstop edge. Yeah. (laughs) Nonstop. You don't have any layovers. (laughs) Yeah, no layovers. You don't have to stop anywhere, but like Mm -hmm. it's nonstop. But the weight of it is five, as you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, a little pricey. Uh-huh. But then that's direct, but it's pricey. Mm-hmm. But if you go from node A to C, that's a weight of two. Right. And then C connects you to B, and that's a weight of one. So cumulatively, mm-hmm. if you took the path of A to C to B, you would take an edge that costs two and then an edge that costs one, which really means the whole path to B would be three. 
So mm. it seems not as intuitive, right? It feels weird. Like, right, right. Oh, I'm taking the longer path. I'm going roundabout. I'm going from A to C to B instead of just A to B. But in this case, when you take the weight of all these edges into consideration, A to mm-hmm. C to B is actually the shortest path if you're trying to get from mm. node A to B. Okay, so finding the shortest route uh, like we just did seems pretty straightforward, right? Like mm-hmm. I compare one edge, I compare the edges of another route, and then I decide one is smaller. Like that feels like, you know, like pretty straightforward, not really a big deal. But when I hear about Dijkstra's algorithm, it sounds like this really big intimidating thing. So what am I missing? So you're right to feel like adding up the weights of all the edges is easy. Like, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Our example graph was just three nodes. But like, what if we had a graph with hundreds or even millions of nodes? And I was like, hmm, Saran, find the shortest path. I don't Uh know if it would feel so easy. (laughs) And in that case, I think having an algorithm to sort of simplify it for you and do the legwork of like, find the shortest path. I don't want to traverse through all the nodes. I just want to find the shortest right. path. That would be really helpful, I think, in that situation. And that's what that's what Dijkstra's algorithm does. It helps us find the shortest path between two nodes. No matter how big the graph is, you can still apply mm-hmm. the algorithm to that structure. So let us actually walk through the steps of the algorithm. So first of all, how many steps are we talking about here? So when it comes to the actual steps of the algorithm, It's pretty straightforward. There's actually only four steps, and you sort of just repeat them until you're done running it and effectively until you're done checking all the vertices in the graph. Mm -hmm. So these four steps, we'll go one by one through them. The first one is that every time we set out to visit a new node, we're going to choose the node with the smallest known distance or cost to visit first because we're trying to find the shortest path. So it makes sense to visit the node that is the closest to us Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Next, step two, once we've moved to the node that we're going to visit, we're going to mark it as visited, but also we're going to check each of its neighboring nodes. And what that means is we're going to like look at the edges that connect to it and see like, okay, here are its neighbors. And The edges that connect to each of its neighbors cost a certain amount. So we'll make Mm -hmm. note of that. Step three is that for each neighboring node, we're going to calculate the cost to get to that neighboring node based on the edges that we've already looked at. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to sum up the cost of the edges to get to the neighboring nodes that we haven't visited, but we know we can visit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And finally, step four is that if we find a way to get to a node using a path or using an edge that is shorter than a known path, Mm -hmm. we'll update that shortest distance that we have on file for that vertex. Okay, so we have a file. Yeah, it's sort of like a little cheat sheet. I like to think of it like a cache, sort of, where for every single vertex, we're going to keep track of two things, or Mm -hmm. I guess really three things. First thing we're going to keep track of is how we visited it. That's Mm -hmm. pretty simple. That's not new to us. We've seen that before. Yep. And then we're going to keep track of the shortest distance to that node from our starting node, which basically Mm -hmm. means 
what's our current uh, status for getting to this node? What's our shortest current known path? Mm -hmm. And that's a thing that could change as the algorithm goes on and on. And then finally, the third thing we're going to keep track of is what was the previous vertex that we came to this node from? Mm -hmm. So we'll keep track of the shortest distance to a node and the vertex that we took to get there, to get that shortest distance. Okay, so if we look at our triangle example, our ABC example, we can tell pretty intuitively just by looking at it, you know, there's only like three edges total. We can tell that from A to B is five, from A to C to B is three, therefore A to C to B is actually the shortest path. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want to walk through it using these four steps just to kind of get a feel for it. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so ABC, if we wanted to run Dijkstra's algorithm on ABC, what's the first thing that we would do? So the first thing that we want to do is we need to sort of look at our information on file or our cache, so to speak. So I said that we have a couple things we want to keep track of. We want to keep track of what vertices we have. So in this case, we have three, A, B, and C. But for each of those, we want to know have I visited it? So that's the first thing. Then we want to mm -hmm. know what is the shortest distance to this node from our starting node. Mm -hmm. And then we want to know where did we come from or the previous mm -hmm, vertex? Mm -hmm. Like how did we get to the shortest distance? Yeah. So in the case of A, B, and C, we haven't visited anything. Right. And we also don't know the shortest distance to anything right now. So. True. For that piece of information, basically, the shortest possible distance to all these nodes is infinity. We don't have Whoa. any, like, it could be anything. It could be, you know, the distance could be one. It could be, like, literally infinity. We just don't know. Huh. It's not okay. information we have yet. And similarly, we don't know what is the previous vertex because we haven't run the algorithm yet. So this right. is sort we of like. Been anywhere. Yeah. It's our starting state. We have nothing to do yet. Yeah. So the first step is we have to pick a starting node. So right. where do you want to start? Well, we're trying to find the shortest path from A to B, so we would start at A. Great. So the first thing we'll do is we will go and visit node A. Mm -hmm. And in our little cache, we can say, okay, we're visiting A. And so we're, mm -hmm. we're just mm -hmm. marking it right now as visited. Okay. And the other thing is that because we're at node A, we actually have our starting node. And we know the shortest distance to our starting node because we're literally at it right now. <laughs> True. <laughs> and so the shortest distance to A from A is, maybe you can help me out. Zero? Yeah, it's zero. And okay. that's, that's like kind of the easiest. I was hoping that wasn't a trick. <laughs> this takes me back to when we were counting in binary now. I was like, yeah. what comes after 10? And you were like, 11? <laughs> but you are right. Once again. Yeah, once again. Eight seasons later, here we are. <laughs> but when we visit node A, because that's our starting node, we immediately know one piece of information, which is that the shortest distance to A is zero because you started A, and therefore right. there is no distance to get there. Right. So right. you also know that you don't need a previous vertex. So that's the right. one piece of information we also don't care about, really, because... When you start at A, the previous vertex was nowhere. You just started at A, and there's no distance to get to A. So the distance to get to A is also just zero. 
So nothing exciting. <laughs> so we basically done nothing. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Well, we visited okay. unknown. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We visited and then we left with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the next step is where things will get interesting. So you'll okay. remember that when we visit a node, we need to check each of its neighboring nodes, right? Right. And part of that was also figuring out the distance to each of those neighboring nodes. So maybe you right. can take a stab at that. Okay, so I'm at A. I've got two neighboring nodes. I have my B and I have my C. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at the cost or the, the length of getting to each of those. Mm -hmm. So to go from A to B, it takes five. And then to go from A to C, it takes two. Right. So we have those two pieces of information. We haven't visited B or C. We're just kind of looking at... We're looking over. We're like, you we're know... Checking them out. Yeah, yeah. We're like checking out airline flights and we're like, well, we could go this way. Like we could mm -hmm. go to Austin or we could go to New York. We're not mm -hmm. doing... We're not committing. We're just looking at the just distance. Around. <laughs> we're on kayak.com. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we are. <laughs> the, the part of the algorithm where we just browse kayak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, okay. So we've looked at the two neighboring nodes. We know that it cost five to get to B and two right. to get to C. Right. And if we look at our cache of information, right now, the cost of getting to B, the shortest path, is infinity. And right. the shortest... As far as our cache is concerned. Correct. And right. as far as C goes, it's also infinity. Right, because we haven't been there. We don't know what that's about. Yeah, this is the first time we're sort of looking at how to even get to these. So right, right. amazingly, we found something that is shorter than infinity in both cases. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so to yeah. get to node B from node A costs five, but five is less mm. than infinity. So we can update our current known path to B. Okay. So we'll go into our cache and, you know, this little log of information and we'll update the shortest cost, the least cost to get to, to B is now five instead of infinity. Mm, and the way to okay. get there is via node A. So we can okay. also update that. Okay. So we are looking over at C. We're like checking it out. We're browsing C. And we know that to get from A to C is two. Mm -hmm. So for C in my little column that's checking like the shortest distance, I'm going to cancel out infinity and I'm going to mm -hmm. replace it with the number two. Mm -hmm. And then for my visited from, I'm going to change that from what was empty before. I'm going to update it with node A. Correct. And basically the situation we're in now is we're still visiting node A, but we've right. kind of taken a peek at two of its neighbors, and we've looked mm -hmm. at two potential paths to get there. And right. the state of our universe, based on where we are on kayak.com right now, the kayak.com part of the algorithm, we know <laughs> that to get to B, the current known shortest path costs five, and that's via A. And mm -hmm. to get to C, the current known shortest path costs two, and that's also mm -hmm. via node A. Right. So now what we want to do is we basically want to pick the neighbor to visit that costs the least. And that's where we'll go next. Right. And that's that's C because C is two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically saying, like, I checked out these two flights. I'm going to pick flight C. Mm -hmm. So now can I move on and, like, visit flight C? Yeah. Yeah. We can actually okay. move on from A you to can, C. can, like, go there. Yeah. Okay, so now that we are on Flight C, we're on like the page of Flight C, mm -hmm. we can mark it off as visited because mm -hmm. we're 
we're visiting it, right? That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to ask C, okay, who are your neighboring nodes? Mm -hmm. And C is connected to A. Well, we've already been to A, so we're not going to go back to Mm -hmm. A. But C is also connected to B, which we have not visited yet. Yep. I'm going to say, all right, what is the cost of getting from C to B? And the cost is one. But we don't actually care about getting from C to B. We care about getting from A to B, right? Because we're always anchoring ourselves from the the very first vertex that we're we're working with. Is that right? Yeah. And actually, it's because the way to get to C right now is through A, right? And mm-hmm. you're standing at node C and you want to go to B from C. So really what you're saying is I'm going from A to C to B. That's right. the real path we're taking. So it's not just right, from right. C to B. We have to get to C somehow. So it's really mm-hmm. the cost of A to C plus the cost of C to B. Okay. So C to B is one, but to get to C in the first place from A is two. So I know that my total cost to get to B is actually three. Yes. And what's interesting is now if we look at our cash, our current knowledge, mm-hmm. our Shortest path to B currently, we think, is five, and that's right. through node A. Mm-hmm. The previous vertex was node A in that path. Yep. But yep. now you've discovered that there's a path to B that is less than five. Hmm. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, and that path is, or that length is three. So if I remember the steps correctly, I think that means I can go back to, on my cheat sheet, I can go back to node B, and where it used to say five, I can update that, and I can now say three. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you also want to update the previous vertex that gets you to node B. And in this case, if you want to get to node B and for it to cost three, you have to take the path of... A to C to B. Mm. So you basically updated two things in your little cash cheat sheet thing. You've said, okay, B no longer costs five via node A. We actually have discovered it costs three via node C. So now that I've done that, I guess there's only one node we haven't visited. Like we've, we've talked about B, but we've never actually visited B. So do I have to go to B now? So, yeah, we're at node C. That was the last thing we visited. And the steps are look at its neighbors, find the one with the least cost and go visit it. In this case, C really has only one neighbor that we can visit here, which is B. And conveniently, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it only costs one. And there's really nothing else to compare it to. So we have to visit B next. Okay, so now I'm at B. I'm looking at my cache. I can now mark it as visited. Mm -hmm. Because I'm visiting it. And then <laughs> and then I'm asking, okay, B, do you have any neighboring nodes? At least ones that we haven't visited, right? Because mm-hmm. we, you know, it technically it does have an A and a C. We've already been to A and C. So there's nothing left to do, I don't think. Yeah, we're we're basically at the end because we visited all the nodes. We have mm-hmm. the shortest path to every node and the way to get there. And now yeah. um we figured out. A couple of things. First, we've answered your question of what's the quickest way to get from A to B, right? Mm -hmm. And it turns out if we look at our cache, the quickest way to get from A to B is through node C, and it'll cost us Mm -hmm. three. We've Mm -hmm. also figured Mm -hmm. out the quickest way to get to node C, and that's 
from no day. Yeah. And it costs And it two. costs us two. Yeah. Yeah. So really what we did is we figured out the shortest path from node A to all the other nodes in yeah. the graph. Oh. Which we're only, there's only three nodes, but. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> we looked at this, like, we, we can kind of, like, imagine this graph and be like, oh, yeah, it's obvious. But this is what it looks like when we ran Dijkstra's yeah. algorithm on this tiny little graph. Okay. Okay. I feel good about that. I feel totally good about that. That makes, I like that it made sense intuitively because, like you said, it's it's a pretty small graph. We can just, like, look at it. Mm-hmm. But then we, like, backed it up. Yeah. You know, with, like, some computer science. With some like real that. computer science. That's some real CS. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. But that is a, a really simple example. I imagine things get a little funkier when it gets bigger. Oh, yeah. We could go from three nodes to five, and it could become so much more complicated. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> okay, cool. So if you did the same algorithm with five nodes, actually, I think we should do that. Maybe next episode we'll do Dijkstra's algorithm like the real deal on a larger graph. And that's when we won't be able to, you know, as easily guess what the shortest path is. And then Mm -hmm. we'll really need Dijkstra to help us out. Mm. Okay, I'm down for that. All right. And that's the end of today's show. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Vadihi's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. This episode was edited and mixed by Levi Sharp. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm